Hello, strangers on the internet. Welcome to another spicy episode of Now That's What I Call a Video Games Podcast. Today's flavor, Now That's What I Call Supplemental Content. Today we are going to talk about side stories. Stories and content outside of your main gaming experience. Comics, books, movies, animes, weird little figurines, I don't know. We've got an hour or so to talk about things, and we've chosen to spend it talking about this. My name is Andrew Fasciano, and my favorite side dish is risotto. Man, I feel really bad coming follow-up. I don't think I have the, the radio host voice for this. Uh, I, hi, <laughs> hi, my name's Adam, and my favorite side dish are uh, cream cheese mashed potatoes. Ooh, that's really fancy. And hello good. there, my name is Zach, and my favorite side dish is onion rings. Ooh. Zach, I want to say I really like how you gave us like a little space to like guess at what it could be. You know, it was, <laughs> you it was quite dramatic. fun. You had to give that I dramatic pause. Sure, I thought for sure it was gonna be pickled onions, but no, onion rings. <laughs> pickled onions. I, mean, I was gonna go. Okay, I was. I was originally gonna say onion. Uh, onion ring volcano. I don't think I've had. I've seen those, but I've never had one. I've had one. It was pretty dang good. May I ask what an onion ring volcano is? Because I'm ignorant and have no idea um, what you're talking about. Imagine onion rings all stacked on top of each other, and then there's sauce in the middle. Oh my god. I want that in my life. I, I want to stick with my my stereotypical and cliche risotto. Um, <laughs> you're, you're Italian in your risotto. I mean, I... So my first... Okay, okay, my first thought originally was french fries, but french fries felt way too generic, so I had to go with onion Mm, I, I, I guess I'll I guess I'll stick with the uh, the mashed potatoes. Whenever it's uh, whenever it's the holidays, uh, usually Thanksgiving or Christmas, my mom makes these mashed potatoes that have like a she puts sour cream uh, not sour cream uh, cream cheese in it, makes them all creamy and cheesy. Oh, they're yeah. so good. The oh, I've had them. You, you get that like once per year, and no more, no more. <laughs> well, just the way you described it sounded so fancy and serene. I don't know. It just you, your word choice was on fleek. I don't know on fleek. Great. Um. So so I don't know if fancy or on fleek is how I would describe it. Homey is how I would describe that. No, super fancy homey. A super fancy homes. Yo, dog, you super fans. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to think if I've had any other like really fancy side dishes or supplemental meals along. With I mean, my we went to. I, I believe that all three of us go to Brenda's Meet and Three. Oh, I must have taken Adam there. Where was it? Um, it is a restaurant in San Francisco called Brenda's Meet and Three. So, by the way, we are now sponsored by Brenda's Meet and Three. No, no, we're not. Um, <laughs> we, I, I don't, I don't think we are, Zach. I don't think we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. So it's, I it's wish a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Yeah, it'd be great. Um. So, so it is a restaurant where you order a main dish, which is a meat option, um, and then you get to order three side dishes from their massive collection of sides. Mm. It's quite good. I will, I will take you there sometime. We we can all have a for our for our twentieth for our second season discussion. We'll have it there. Oh, second oh, season. How, far, how many episodes are we going to before we get to a second season? We haven't even decided that. 
I, mean, uh, I was going to say, uh, have you guys ever had dim sum before? Like, gone to a dim sum restaurant? Or oh, something? yes. Like, I sure that's have. Ba- that's basically all side dishes. Yeah, no. I think my favorite one from that is, uh, God, it's like this kind of rice pastry kind of thing, but there's, like, huge shrimp inside of it, and it's the best. I love uh. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always liked the, uh, the, I don't, like, not bread balls, but, like, dumpling balls that are, like, gigantic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, how are you doing this week? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, last two weeks. Yeah, it, it, it's mm-hmm. been some time. Mm-hmm. We, see, did I do we, anything fun? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, so I'm, did I play any new games? I played. I got really back into Fire Emblem Heroes, which is odd. Really? What's that on? So that's that's that Android game, and the way that works is uh, you're playing as this summoner who can summon characters from any Fire Emblem universe of the one of the characters they have available right now, and um, you're basically trying to protect this world that is connected to all other worlds. It, it's kind of like a Fire Emblem Kingdom Hearts thing for uh, for the mobile phone. And, oh, that sounds uh, pretty dope. It's, yeah. it's pretty fun. Uh, it's got that kind of gotcha loot box system where you have to roll random heroes, uh, or that's how you get new characters. So that's that can be annoying if you're like looking for somebody. But I really wasn't playing it for a while. But then randomly, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go play some Fire Emblem, and I played a bunch of that. Mm, uh, nice. That's been pretty fun. I like it a lot. That sounds great. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I know we you were gonna. Also, I, I also went to GDC, but I, yeah. I think we, we might we might have a section later where we just talk about our collective GDC experience. So I'll oh, save oh, some of that for later. Like, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say there. Um, so I, I guess I'll go. I'll go with my week. Um, so oh, I do have one oh. thing to interrupt you real quick. I saw a movie, and I'm I'd be want to not uh, not tell you about this movie. Are you guys familiar with the movie? The Great Wall. Yes. I didn't. I didn't watch it, but. Oh, okay. So that movie, that movie is. If I had to give a recommendation, that movie is a very, very, very strong maybe. <laughs> because it's so the premise is is that Matt That's Damon and his friend, Matt Damon and his friend, are traveling. The, the desert looking for black powder, which turns out later, I guess, spoiler, is gunpowder. Who fucking knew? They're I would have just gun- assumed. I just yeah. thought I mean, it was did a they it, Wait, did they call it black powder? Yes, they never once referred to it as gunpowder. It's always well, just black powder. The, the old the old term for, for gunpowder was black powder. That's one of the yeah, old terms so, for it. See? See? The Great Wall is a, is a historical piece. See? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, they're traveling, and they finally come upon the Great Wall of China, which, shocker, has been this huge wall to ward off these uh, monsters that came in a meteor that fell from the sky and dropped all these monsters everywhere. And so Matt Damon and his buddy, whose name escapes me because I don't think he was ever named, uh, must fight them and learn trust of comrades and loyalty. And, boy, is it a... I would be. I would forgive anybody if they fell asleep during this movie. I mean, it, it sounds like a kaiju fighting thing. Those usually keep me awake. Well, see, the thing is, they're not big like kaiju. They're just like little. 
they're swarming kind of little guys. Ah. And so, like, so the special effects are pretty fun. Uh, it, it's apparently, like, the most expensive Chinese-made movie that's been put mm. out. Um, I see. A uh, lot of... Actually, the choreography was pretty cool. There are some pretty dope fight scenes in it. Like, this one chick uh, has a spear that she does, like, a pull vault over somebody and then, like, takes out three in this one really cool move. And so it's a cool movie to watch, but it keeps trying to have this plot line that it just doesn't have. Like, we're going to say something really deep, but ne- it never does. So... <laughs> So yeah, that's the movie I saw. That took up, you know, a good portion of my time of thinking, how the hell did this movie get funding? It, it sounds like it has a bit of an identity crisis of wanting to be a big monster movie, but then wanting to be taken really seriously. Is, is that fair to say? I, that, that's kind of fair to say. There's some parts where I think it's trying to be cheesy or melodramatic, but I can't tell if that's like... I can't tell if that's the point or not. Uh, hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. It seems... Zach, Zach you went so, to a wedding, didn't you? I did? I think we talked about this last time. And I'm actually almost positive we talked about this last time, right? Mm, Maybe? We, I we think talked so. about you. We talked about you getting invited. We didn't hear about the fallout. Oh, oh. I, I didn't describe going to the wedding? Oh, that was... No, not yet. Alright. I feel like I've talked about this, but yeah. Well, okay. quick so, recap then. Yeah, yeah. So, short recap: I went to a wedding in Final Fantasy XIV, um, which is one of those MMO weddings, which has a whole ceremony to it. It was pretty fun. Um, I took a bunch of pictures of it and I showed it to to Adam and Drew, and I think they enjoyed them. No idea if they actually did. Oh, it um, was it was a beautiful <laughs> ceremony. The bride and br- groom, or bride and bride, I couldn't tell. They were both they're Final Fantasy characters. They're both very <laughs> effeminate looking. It was it was two Mahote females, so yes, it was bride and bride. See, Final Fantasy XIV is the most progressive uh, MMO ever. <laughs> uh, maybe sure. Um, so, so yes, they did. They did become wed in game, and then rode off to. Uh, I thought they were going to ride off to a honeymoon, but no. Like the scene shows them on the back of a chocobo riding off into the distance together, which is very romantic. It was really cute, um, and then like the cutscene ends. Are they just and, right next to you? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they put you outside the cathedral. Everyone's outside the cathedral. And the married couple are there on the chocobo, just sitting there. And I was like, That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. I was like, could you... Oh, bye, guys. Oh, there you are. Yeah. No, the, like, the very first thing I said was, uh, I, like, I, I expressed my surprise that they didn't... Um, uh, that that they didn't like get teleported off to like the beach area of the game, like <laughs> just like Do here, that- have your honeymoon. <laughs> All right, imagine this: you get you get married in the game, you you ride off in the honeymoon, and the and then you're in a uh, honeymoon dungeon, and you have to complete this dungeon with your oh new, my god with your new partner. If you don't, this is amazing. Completed. Why? That's great. You got a dungeon with your partner now, exclusive to only to those love. who have married. Um, it's the trials of being wed. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, uh, so that happened. Um, I actually took a bunch of pictures myself in game. The ones I showed you guys from were from another player, so I could show you guys the extra ones later if you're interested. But I, I actually be very interested. Okay, I want to cool. Know more about the ceremony. Do you think you might be able to share some with our listener, or are they are they too personal? Um, 
I might share like one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, other news from Final Fantasy fourteen is um, one is I have now um, become the interior designer for our guild house. <laughs> and yes. I literally like I literally got promoted to an officer in our uh, in our free company, which is a guild. Um, literally, just so I can rearrange all the furniture. <laughs> Listen, I need a promotion. These these drapes, these furniture, it just doesn't match. No, no. What happened? Literally, what happened was there was a bunch of stuff they dropped downstairs, and I I wasn't an officer at the time, so I I went downstairs and I started looking around. And then I started very excitedly typing towards the rest of the to, to the rest of the free company, and I was like, and I was like, oh my god, guys, here here is how I want to redesign this whole downstairs area, and and uh, apparently one of the officers was in a private chat, and they were like, you know what, we need to channel this guy's enthusiasm, and so they upgraded me to officer. Actually, it was one of the people who got married in game. Oh, see, see, um, <laughs> they're so happy with their wedding that they're like, everybody's promoted. You're an officer. You're an officer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, the probably by the way, the, probably the hugest part of that about that wedding is both of the people who got married are in real life dating each other and live with each other. Aww. I think that's really cute. Okay, it's, that's it's really. Adorable. I was about to say that's really cute. That's also quite the commitment right there. What if this doesn't work out? Do their characters get divorced? Is there a mechanic well, probably, to get divorced? That's probably why it's like a, a soft divorce, right? Or like, it's like a soft marry. Oh like, haha, we're getting married in a video game versus if you get married in real life, you know. Oh boy. Okay, so, and then my last piece of Final Fantasy fourteen news is um, there's one guy in my guild who's always idling in a region that I kid you not is named Idleshire. Yes. Um, he is he is always away from keyboard in that area, and he's always in like different places because they'll go walk up to like a vendor or something and buy something. So so my habit is whenever I when I log onto the game, I go to that area, I find him, and then I stand behind him and rotate my camera around so that like he's in frame, mm-hmm. and then I I keep my character visible, and then I just press the laugh emote and take a screen grab. <laughs> so like so so there, here's my character like busted a gut um at at this guy who's clearly offline and he's just standing there and i think what really sells it the best is that he's playing a sort of like a high elf character um so he looks somewhat noble and extremely dour <laughs> and so why, here he why is why are you making he's, fun of this guy he's, he's trying like, to look ominous off into the distance yeah he's, he's trying it he's giving it it's his all um but yeah that's that's <laughs> that's my final fantasy 14 news um Lovely. i have a little bit more news sorry Ooh. my my life is full of weird interesting things um tell us one tell us. is that i bought a bunch of magic the gathering cards and soon i shall be building a deck <laughs> Lovely. specifically it's a deck that, uh, a couple weeks ago that you were building uh, i did a deck or uh, you had bought a bunch of cards or something like yeah that, like, so so that so that time I bought a bunch of lands. Now I've bought the cards that actually do things. And it will... To those who play Magic the Gathering will get this probably a little bit better, but I, I bought a bunch of... Like, a bunch of counter spells. Mm. Which mm. which I, are spells that I are basically... Know. 
you you play them in response to someone else playing a spell and you basically go no 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 <laughs> now now do you have to make that noise when you play the counter spell <laughs> like is that part of the description that says if you don't say this this didn't actually do anything i imagine yeah. it's probably like a tournament role you know like, like like something that's kind of just slowly became a part of the culture over time let me oh man let me no real but quick, Zach. uh Drew, are you familiar with the unhinged set of, of magic? Oh yeah. I don't play magic. He doesn't. I, don't, I, so, I see the pretty arts, and all of my friends play it, and I sit in the corner, and I'm just like, man, it sure is a beautiful night. So unhinged. <laughs> the unhinged set was a a super joke set where I think all of the designers are like, eh, fuck it, let's just do whatever. One of the cards is the Knight of the Hokey Pokey, who. If you get up in the middle of your turn and do the hokey pokey, he gets plus one attack, plus one defense. And yeah. this no, no, no thing reminded me of that, of no, oh, no, yeah, no, no, counter spell, no, no, no. Yeah, so so in essence, what a counter spell, it, it you know, it l- removes it the spells, in fact, it counters the spells, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm basically, and, and that style or archetype of, of uh, of deck is really annoying to other players, so I'm going to be the biggest asshole in the room next time I play Magic. Um, and then the last thing is, I listed a bunch of games that I'm anticipating eventually purchasing. Well, basically, I will soon be playing and purchasing. Like, this is... I haven't played a lot of new games, but here are the new ones. Um, highlights include Near Automata. Gonna be good, oh. gonna be great! That comes out um, today for PS4. Ah! See, oh, that's hey, why PS4. I thought it hadn't come out yet. I, I ah, thought it hadn't come go. out yet. Ah. And then, next, hasn't come out yet, but Personify. Nice, nice. Did you get the Super I, Special Edition, or did you just get the regular one? See, I haven't pre-ordered anything. I don't know why, but I should have pre-ordered oh, something soon. You, you should definitely, <laughs> definitely consider that Special Edition. I mean, I did. That's great. What is, what is on the Special Edition? Uh, it comes with, uh, of course, it comes with the game. Because this we ain't Battlefield One. You have an edition that comes with the game. Uh, I think it's a soundtrack. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, it's a soundtrack, an art well, book. It's all been already. There's oh, a already Morgana. Double sold me. There's a Morgana plushie that comes with it. I also think it sold. Also, how much? How expensive I, is this? It's a hundred bucks. So. Ooh, it, it, I kind of want it. Sounds like a lot of extra content. Oh, supplemental content. The big um, thing, though, is a uh, a school bag from the game. You get an actual oh, school bag from it. Wait, okay. I don't know if I actually need a school bag. No, neither did I, but I want that Morgana plushie. I do want that Morgana plushie. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Morgana from uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter? Oh, oh no, no, not you're that. Thinking, uh, dark Star- uh, dark Stalkers. Dark, dark, yeah, Dark yeah, okay. Dark Stalkers. Yes. Uh, um, this is a little cat thief thing. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, not? so um, the last on the list is um, probably either. Probably, I, I, you know what? I'll give it to both of them: Horizon Zero Dawn and Mass Effect Andromeda. One of which had came out back in February, and I just haven't gotten around to buying it. And the other one is Mass Effect, and I don't know if that's out yet. Probably not. Probably not till later this month. It's not. But when it does, the entire world is going to know. I I'm, oh man. I'm ready to judge it harshly and see what becomes of it. I have I have preconceived notions of that game, but I'm going I to have, hold them back. I have I like I didn't even finish the third game. <laughs> so I'm just going to play it and be like, "Hey, it's a new series. Hopefully it's cool." 
Where is Man, his... I really yeah, that's what got Junka. That would be really upsetting. Oh, uh, Adam. <laughs> the entire game is just Tachanka. Oh, I, I can't wait for it to just be like, look, it's this place that you went to. Tuchanka, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that place I went to. Remember those dramatic events that occurred? Remember the Ooh. highlight of the third game occurring on Tachanka? Adam, please yes. go play Mass Effect, like, right now. Oh, my okay. God. Okay, <laughs> true, true, true. What is your week? What is your uh, week? Okay, um... See, last week was pretty chill. Um... I... Let's see here. Uh, my friend, he moved to a new apartment, so I went and gave him a little housewarming to do. It was quite fun. Um... Aside from that, just, um, I picked up Krita again, which is a drawing app I've been using, and yeah. I'm having fun just playing with that. Um, I've noticed a lot of drawings coming out of you lately. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. Um, <laughs> I did, I did buckle down because it was raining, and I thought I should, you know, play a video game, and I played Inside, that creepy freaking follow-up to Limbo from Playdead. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad I got to play that, because it is... It's it's very disturbing in a good way, and mm. it's very different from Limbo, while also being obviously from the same people. It it yeah. almost feels... It almost feels like... Um, like, it feels like the grown-up version of Limbo. Like, not to knock that game. Like, it's really fun, but it, like... It gets a lot heavier. There's a lot more themes of, you know, conformity, you know, different classes... Um, some really disturbing imagery. It's... So, it's... a game for the whole family <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it sounds I, like, sounds like I, you want to bring children to this game. I, I tried describing it to, um... Maybe some babies. To, pe to people at the housewarming, and they just kind of, like, thought maybe they should stay away from me? Um... Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't trust oh, this man. guy playing a game called Inside. I do want to. I do want to make it clear that Drew, Drew's usually the giant social butterfly in a party, chatting it away with people. And well, I see what, what happened here is I was talking to people, and then I got on the topic of this thing I was really excited about. But it was it was with people who don't play games as much. And when you just yeah. like imagine describing Limbo to someone, now it's imagine a creepy describing. Game a scarier version of Limbo to someone. And that's kind of... I, I started talking about music very quickly after, but yeah. uh, I, I recommend folks check it out. It's 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 great. Um, good game. Enough, good game would recommend to all. More indie trash. So, so then, we all went to GDC, or we all had some kind of tang tangential I, experience. Okay, okay. Speaking of indie probably, trash... I probably had the most tangential of GDC experiences. Uh, Drew, did you did you do anything at GDC, or was it just just dinner? Well, um, the thing is, my commute home is right past GDC. Like, oh, okay. I, I kind of just go by it. So uh, I just talked with a lot of people from our old school. Um, they just oh my went, God. showed up again. Um, so, so you know I, that was that was yeah, kind of a bit of a reunion there. Uh, I checked out the awards. Did either of you guys actually stream that, or did you guys skip out on them? Uh, I did. I, I actually uh, didn't uh, watch the awards. Uh, I saw some of the, the winners, but I, I can't quite remember. Anything uh, interesting catch your eye? Um, so, I believe No Man's Sky won for innovation and didn't have anyone there to pick up the award. Wow, so even they were unsure <laughs> if they would win. I, okay, okay, okay. How did No Man's Sky get innovation? Just for uh, having the biggest procedural-generated well, okay. content? So, 
probably, like, probably. Like, that's a, that's a pretty big thing. Like that the is fact true. That they okay. were able to generate a a world that big with just their algorithm and like with a like a single tweak of it, like change an entire, you know, like digital universe. That is pretty innovative. I just I like what Drew said of we won. Oh shit, we didn't send anybody <laughs> to go pick it up. Like um, there. <laughs> Someone on their their Twitter uh, posted, "Oh, we 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 just went and got dinner. We thought we were kind of not going to do that." Um, and oh, like, that's I, not amazing! To, not to stir up gossip or smack about it, because I I'm one of the few people who enjoy that game. But I also think, like, considering they got a lot of flack for just going silent and not being seen, like months after launch, mm-hmm. the fact that they weren't there to even pick up an award is kind of like it's kind of like a nice logical conclusion to their style. Um, <laughs> just lay low, <laughs> lay low. <laughs> kind of. Um, Teachers were missing. Dev was missing. This makes sense. Adam, you you actually got to be sponsored and go for a day, didn't you? Oh yeah, you I, did. I, I did. My uh, my company does some work in the VR industry, and we were uh, we were actually there uh, with a booth uh, for with the Kronos Group to kind of like to hang out and show some cool stuff. Uh, so, but for me, I went there to go check out all the cool indie games. So let me give you a really quick rundown of my experience at GDC. I had never been to GDC. Wow. Uh, uh, so this is my first time. So I go down there. I got, uh, I had an expo pass with me, and so I got to go to the expo floor. So the very first thing that happened is I walk in, and all of my friends are talking about all these cool talks and uh, panels they're going to go to. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to go to some of these. These sound great. And then I, I get to the first one, and I walk up, like, hi, I'd like to talk about, uh, you know, Insomniac's networking stuff. Oh, sorry, you're an expo pass, you can't get in here. And that's oh, when God. I realized, yeah. that's when I realized, the pass I had gotten didn't get me into any of these talks, so I was oh, yeah. like, well, I guess I am the second-rate citizen here. Oh, so, yeah, no, the, <laughs> I remember I have, that. I have learned the expo pass is good at getting you to walk around the arena, and nothing else. Um, like no. there, there are some talks that you can get into, and there is a you very can. long wait list. Uh, one, one that I got into, I was actually quite happy with. Uh, it was called. Oh. It was like a inter, uh, towards interfacing uh, collection interfaces, and it was actually a, a talk about how people collect and curate stuff, which maybe is oh, a topic oh, we'll wow. talk about eventually about like collecting items. But I was really thrilled to see that a friend of mine from college, uh, Nikki Crenshaw, had uh, actually submitted research. So it was like, they're like, oh yeah. This person did this. Like, what the hell? I know that person. What was her oh, research man, on? It's so weird. Uh, it was. It was that part of the researching. Like, what do people collect in games and stuff like that? Oh. Like, hmm. And so it was really oh. interesting. Uh, so after I had tooled around the little expo floor and seen all the indie games, I was like, "Wow, that that was cool. That wasn't that much." And then I found out there was an entire different hall, and I was apparently in the little registration hall. So an entire oh, no. world of stuff. Oh, so, wait, you didn't... Oh, you didn't, like, walk across the street and go into the main hall? No, because the first time I walk in, it was like, wow, this is a really small expo. There's not much here. And then the se- and then in the afternoon, I found the second hall, and it was like, oh, okay, here's the rest of the, the convention, I guess. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. I'll, I'll rapid-fire tell you about some games I played. So, uh, Drew and Zach, one that... Uh, this is the, my favorite game to play. I did try out Pyre. That's the Super Giants new game. Nice, nice. Uh, oh boy, that was. I was pretty lukewarm on that because it looked just kind of oh. weird. Because Super Giant does action games and or you know like little kind of isometric pla- uh, adventure stuff, and I was like, oh, I don't know really know about this sports game. 
And then you play it for like two minutes and like, yeah, this is pretty fantastic. I'm sold. Uh, it, it was really good. It controlled well. It was really easy to pass the ball back and forth. For people who don't know, it's a 3v3 sports game uh, where you're trying to put a ball into this other uh, the other team's pyre and burn that. Uh, I don't think it has multiplayer, though, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. Um, like it, it seems like it would. I mean, networking is something they've never had to deal with. Maybe they just, you know, don't have a kit for it, you know? Could be. Yeah, they, they uh, are a very small studio. I, I tried playing a game called Red Out. Uh, it's a cool zero-gravity, F-Zero kind of racing game. Uh, Red Out is out right now for Steam, so you can go check that out. They didn't have it at the convention, but you can play that game in VR. So imagine playing F-Zero in a VR headset. Oh, I don't want to because I'll fly right off the side. Yeah. I would be uh, very excited for that. I, uh, I, got, I can I can get behind, like, surreal, zoomy, fast experiences. Oh, it, I'd be worried if it got me motion sick, but it's something I do want to try out. Um, mm. I tried out uh, a level of ukulele. That was oh, cool. cool. That was pretty fun. I, I think that's coming out relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just the demo I played, but the controls to me felt a little floaty, which was kind of odd. Uh, it, it looked beautiful. It definitely was a Banjo Kazooie uh, like spiritual successor. Uh, like there was no mistaking it, but it was pretty fun. Hmm. Um, only thing I'd say is again, I think because of the demo level, I was really unsure what to do, so I kind of left. Like, everybody around me is like, yeah, we're having so much fun. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Mm. It, it's oh, tutorial yeah. could have used work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's an earlier build, right? Like, yeah, maybe they yeah. finally got, like, a visual going. Yeah. Uh, I played this game called A-Tier. It's E-I-T-R. It's basically isometric Dark Souls, like, like right oh. down to the UI and everything. Oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, I thought it would be, but it really felt kind of weird. Uh, huh. So there's something weird about playing on an isometric field where, for a game that seems to demand like precision and like ooh duck and dodge kind of stuff, uh, the isometric viewpoint really kind of threw me off. So yeah, so I think I think yeah, this is something that I've run into with isometric games is it does look like a cool game. The visuals are very cool, um, but I can definitely see what the issue is is because like. It's like basically there's four planes of movement, which is left, right, up, down, and mm. enemies will be on the corners a lot. So you're never quite sure if something on the edge of the, or the corner is gonna get hit by your attack. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it if it's like a turn-based game. Like Final Fantasy Tactics was isometric, and that was it, it worked to the game's advantage. But as much as I love Bastion, I I did have a little trouble like navigating around just the action sequences of yeah, that game. That's the that's the exact one I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. I can remember well, one of the challenges so, in Bastion for the can it was like the last cannon you get. Doing the mm. challenge with the isometric aiming was a pain in the ass. And and, and, yeah. and I hate to I hate to say anything bad about Bastion because I really do love it. But no, Bastion, um, I, like you can say bad things about Bastion. It it definitely had its flaws as a game. It was still good though. Yeah. Um You can say yes. bad things about Bastion it won't stop it from being apparently an indie darling. Oh, it sure I mean, is. Hey, hey, there's a reason it's an indie darling. Uh, and it's then the right. last two were, I played a game called Sundered, which was kind of cool. It was a Metroidvania kind of hack and slash thing. Real cool visuals. 
And the last one I played was a game called Absolver, which is a... Uh, I'm not really even sure what it is, but it, it seems like it's going to be an MMO fighting game kind of thing. Like a 3D space fighting game. Uh, I'll include links to all of this for Drew so he can put them along the podcast, so if people are interested, they can okay. check it out. Because Absolver somebody needs to tell me... Cool. It, looks like, like, it looks like post-apocalypse beat-em-up. You, you like somebody needs to tell homework. me what it is. You gotta send me all these links and pictures and pretty things. Yeah, seriously. Um, Zach, did you have anything about GDC that you wanted to discuss since we've been um, having, having a go at it? <laughs> I've been surprisingly out of the loop on, on GDC. The only thing I, I, I could really talk about is um, a friend of ours came up for GDC. His name mm-hmm. is Brent. And me and Drew mm-hmm. and a couple of other guys had dinner with him on like the Monday of GDC, so like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Oh right, Adam also knows Brett. <laughs> no, I, I know. It, it was just it was just funny of like, here are all these games. Oh yeah, I was down there. Dinner was spectacular. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> Let's, Would you have? Less, okay. Okay, I do have to say, Drew, that place to eat, it was good. I forget the name of it. But like I feel like I paid too much and got too little in return. Yeah, it's um that's San Francisco. It it it's called the I'm Grove. Sorry. They've got a couple of places. Um yeah, so I, I I paid like $16 for what in the end just looked like a regular sandwich on sourdough bread. And I, I, was I like, chose it because it was – I chose it more for the ambiance and the fact that it's like close to GDC, right? Like it's oh, yeah, closer no. to the center than anything else. I, I'm Except not, I'm not the one Indian it. restaurant that I, I wish I could have gone to, but uh, All right, so happen. Indie fucking restaurant. Got Indie everything. But um, no, Indian, Indian. Oh, Indian. <laughs> Yo, have you tried out my indie restaurant? I have a Kickstarter for getting yeah. the food and ingredients. <laughs> oh, you, you go on, you go on Kickstarter. You, you pledge a certain amount, and you get tiny little sandwiches for every oh, yeah. oh, God, I'm stopping. Okay, it reminds so reminds me of that video I sent you guys about the uh, the Kickstarter sandwich. If you pledge, we can get. Half. Oh man, the Kickstarter sandwich. Oh, I love it. Okay, so are we done with GDC news? I think we're done with GDC. I think it is time to talk about supplemental content in video games. Y'all ready? Supplements! Y'all ready for the main course? The main but course which talks about side courses? Can we, can we, oh wait, can we, can we openly define? That, what is supplemental content? That's exactly where I was going. Yes, I cut you off right at the pass. <laughs> well, now I'm stuck on this side of the pass. Oh. Can I cross? Can I cross the pass? Yes, now you may, but first you have to okay. just define what supplemental content is. Okay, um, I'm, you know what? I'm going to let Drew do that. I was just going to say, for our purposes, supplemental content is anything that involves a game or a gaming world that is outside of the main game itself. That you would need to do a bit of exploring to know, or is encouraged to know. So, maybe between... Big Boss's Adventure 1 and Big Boss's Adventure 10, there was a comic book or a movie or something. Maybe there was, you know, some downloadable content for a side story that you don't necessarily need, but is, like, really, like, it's there if you want to, like, find out more about the gaming world. Um, I... You know, I... What was that? What was that? I have a small question. What's your small question? Do... Supplemental games count in this discussion. Oh, you know what? 
like the I'm... Naruto games. Naruto games. Naruto games. <laughs> I think in that case, the bulk of the content is from something else and not the game. I'm more, I think, oh, I'd okay. like to concentrate on just stuff that's there to bolster the game itself. Versus, like, oh, okay. this is a promotional tool for an anime. Not that Naruto isn't great, Zach. I... <laughs> you know, I, I, guess, I guess when I pitch... Uh, so, I, I kind of pitched the topic because I, I found this to be a kind of interesting subject. Uh, mm -hmm. For the Naruto games, it's kind of like the source material is this one thing and that the game is kind of a condensate, like a condensed... Not condensation. A condensed version. The condensation of, of Naruto. Alright, whatever. Condensation. It's water running down your window. Uh, you know, a, a condensed version of the game, so in that sense, it's kind of like a primer. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, an example I would use for stuff like that is, uh, you know, we'll talk about games, but just so people understand, like, uh, a good movie example for this is, like, Marvel. Like, you know, there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then there's the con like the countless different spin-off series that all are kind of, like, if you want to get the full experience, you got to check out all these little spin-off things. Or uh, kind of the example I'll be using for for our discussion is uh, I've talked a lot about Final Fantasy Fifteen, Final Fantasy Fifteen, and the Kingsglaive movie. So stuff that's like this feels like it should have been in the game, and it's really important in the game. Why is it out outside here? So that's yeah. how, that's kind of how I define that. I feel like that's that's like the bad definition. But let's let's the the general definition is. Non-game content that relates to a game, correct? Yeah. I'm I'm willing to go with that, and it is our podcast, so we do get to make the rules ourselves. Yes, That's we right. do. Listener, you get shit today. <laughs> so, you don't get no so, rules today. Let, let, we let's, get the rules. Let's, let's normalize. Let's start just off and think about you know what do you like? We know that we're looking for stuff outside of a main game, but like, what do you consider jet tends to come up, and what are about how often do you think you actually indulge in supplemental content from a game? Okay, so so the first thing is we were literally sometimes supplemental content consists of like that Morgana plushie we were talking about. Yeah, I, I I wasn't considering like novelty toys, but I think they could technically count. Is this? Like, I mean, okay, so are we talking about supplemental like? narrative content or supplemental like just general stuff because we could talk about the phenomenon that is the like special editions and crazy shit japanese will come with i, I think though that's a to, to me personally i think that's a different one where the like the uh the morgana plushy thing like like i don't know who brought it up one, one of the two of you <clears throat> uh, i don't think that's supplemental content because that's kind of like a little trinket or okay you know ha having that thing having that thing while being outside of the game does it, you know that doesn't add much more other than oh look I got this thing I okay. to me when I think supplemental content uh, it, it's mostly like there might be some gameplay mechanic that you know wasn't used in the main game that is now in this new thing uh, to me I see it more commonly with narrative stuff where mm -hmm. it's a uh, there's this narrative component that was in the main game but you know you know was either plan to be like a side story that it's off to the side now or in some cases it's like this feels like it should have been in the main game that is now popped out to be its own thing yeah. such as if i may if i may offer a of what i consider to be an example um there are the zelda games which are totally fine to play on their own there is the zelda timeline which is compiled in a book off to the side where if you're a big hyper nerd fan 
which is a good thing, by the way, then you can buy it and know and know how everything's connected and maybe know more about the actual timeline of Hyrule and all of that. And I consider okay. that outside supplemental content that I don't need to enjoy Wind Waker, but if I have it, it will change the context of how I play Wind Waker and how I consider it. Yeah, okay. that's, that's a good example of like, you can argue that, oh man, if they really wanted to have this timeline, it should have been in there. But it's also like, well... It is here if you want to do that, um, and I think that's yeah. that's a really good example of like when supplemental content works, where it's like, yeah. here's this thing that you have your so, game that is now just enhancing it. Uh, go ahead. So, Zach. so what you so so basically what you're saying is is um, good supplemental content is content that adds to your experience of the game and recontextualizes the game without detracting yeah. from the game itself, correct? Or or without being necessary in order to understand and and fully play through the game itself. That would be my, uh, you know, okay. if we want to talk about what we consider, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about what we consider uh, a little bit, but that'd be a good example of something I think yeah. that does that well. Well, no, I, was, I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that in there just to help solve the definitions. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. I, I, Anyways. I would say that's the goal of good, like outside of game content. Like that's what you should be aiming for. Uh, sometimes yeah. that's not always the case. Um, you know, yeah, sometimes it seems more like something that was kind of thrown in later because it didn't quite make sense in context of oh, the original product. Not um, not video games, but I could talk about Magic the Gathering and supplemental content for a while. Uh, Zach, Zach, I love you, but let's have an episode instead dedicated to Magic the Gathering. You'll be the only one who has to record, and we can just listen. It'll be great. <laughs> But, you know, like, but I, like, I can talk about the actual supplemental content for that. Like they yeah. they printed out a bunch of books. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, oh. actually, that's a really good. Uh, like I'm joking. That's actually a really good example. Like the yeah. card game itself is fine on its own, but there is a whole lore to it that you don't need oh, to yeah. play. But I'm yeah. guessing you probably have read a, a bit of lore about it. I have. Yeah. Um, and now they're they're producing like story content and like po posting out like articles on the site, and they actually I think they do a fairly good job of it in terms of like. Magic the Gathering is a very mechanics-based game, but there's also like some flavor and theming to it. But like you don't, you don't need to read all the stories to get the general gist of like, oh, there was a mm -hmm. thing that happened here or whatever. Yeah, you can usually figure that out by just looking at the cards. Um, but they have all that stuff to sort of provide you a cohesive narrative if you want that cohesive mm -hmm. narrative. Um, and they used to do this through books, and the books were very hit or miss. And now they do it through story content updates, which are much shorter. Um, free, I don't have to buy them, and uh, also very hit or miss. Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so still and, hit or miss, but at least you don't have to pay for it. I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> um, it's an incremental improvement for you. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, Drew, you kind of gave a good example of like, the definition of a good one is where it recontextualizes. To me, uh, the definition of kind of a bad one is where, uh, you know, I've experienced where it's like, wait, I feel like this should have been in the original to begin with, and like, Ooh, it, it, it yes. kind of, yeah. it's exclusion, or it's being a supplemental hurt my enjoyment of the first one. So I guess that'd be our definition. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think do you have just, um, do you have any examples of, because I feel like you might have one, one or two examples where where that was the case, where it just ended up confusing you more than helping you. Oh, I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, we, we had done our definition and stuff of that, um, uh, so you had your first encounter with uh, Drew as uh, your first encounter with supplemental content, and actually my first encounter was so one of these 
uh, kind. So, did you guys ever play the Dot Hack series? Yes. No, but I well, saw the anime. Okay. I played the one Dot Hack game that was that was pretending to be an MMO while it actually wasn't, and it, it ended up being really bad because MMOs without other people are really bad. <laughs> mm. So, the Dot Hack series, when it first came out, was actually uh, this big multimedia project where it was not yeah. only a game. It was a it was a comic series. It was a anime. It was uh, a TV show, and they would all kind of link together to tell this one big cohesive story. Um, now, some of those things I didn't know that at the time. I only knew it as Dot Hack Sign the show. Mm-hmm. So when it was going on about some stuff or referencing other things that were in these, uh, you know, when I would watch it, it'd be really interesting. Be like, wow, this is so cool. But then something would happen. It'd be like wait, what? Why does this make sense? And it turns out that, oh yeah, this was because it was explained in a a novel or something or a uh, uh, one of the mangas. Um, uh, a really good example of those uh, mangas. Especially, that, especially of my first encounters with this kind of stuff was uh, specifically in Dot Hack GU which was this uh, kind uh. of one of the sequel series. Uh, there's a character who has this really deep emotional moment with this other character who to me it just kind of seemed like out of nowhere, roundabout, whatever. It's like, oh, I guess they're, you know, they're deeply in love or something like that. Or it's meaningful that their avatar looks this way. And I didn't get that. And it wasn't until years later where if you had read the, the, the comics, you would have known that these two characters have been linked since way in the beginning. And this was a super important event that I clearly just did not get at all. Oh, so, that's... Yeah. So I was like... I had a friend who was like, man, wasn't that move- moment so touching? I was like, what? I don't get it. It looks stupid. It was really out of nowhere. <laughs> I feel like that was, like that was the issue with that hack, but... Yeah. Because well, I've run into that something very group. similar with, um... Where, like, the... Because of the overall arc of the narrative, like, the individual piece just doesn't work, and, like, mm-hmm. the entire thing is, like, it's a small piece of something bigger. Uh, like, I... I, I think Kingdom Hearts is a pretty big offender of that, you know. Um, like, you've got you've got games in between games that prequel and sequel each other, and I can't honestly enjoy enjoy sequels or enjoy bits and pieces of that franchise because it's required reading that I know all about the stuff around it. Like, <laughs> like if I wanted to play the hottest newest like Kingdom Hearts game, I have legitimate homework. I have to play the mobile I just, game. I have to oh play man. the DS game. I have to play the Vita. Like all this stuff yeah. that like yeah. is outside the realm of what is being sold to me as a complete product, right? Yeah. And, like, like I want to buy something and feel like this is my sandwich. And even if it's a sequel, like maybe I can make bits up as I go. It'll do something for me. And... True. Your example is. <laughs> I wanted to buy a sandwich, but instead, Kingdom Hearts came to me, and the meat is on one plate, the, the lettuce is on another plate, the cheese is on a different plate, and guess what? I need a different hardware system to play, to eat all of these things. <laughs> My plate isn't compatible with the sandwich. I have a bowl. <laughs> oh, you right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we've talked about that before, where Kingdom Hearts has, you know, thankfully, with the recent edition of the HD remasters, uh, there's a new one on the there's a new one on the PS4, and there's like a complete remaster, like collection on the PS4 coming out soon. You can play them all on one system and in one go. I will tell you that was insane that it took this long to get to that point. Like yeah. Drew, 
I tried following that series, and at some point I said, I don't want to buy a goddamn system for this damn game. Mm. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll catch it later. And we've also um, talked about how it was like, guess what? These side things, super important! It's like, I'm firmly in that camp, Adam. I... I, I consider that a failing on them. Not I don't think I'm the problem in this particular situation. No, I'm the uh, problem. I can find <laughs> some of them. Ooh. Jesus. Zach, what's your earliest encounter with supplemental content that you indulged in, you dirty, dirty boy? And did excuse oh, me? They... <laughs> indulge. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, moving on. Um, so, uh, my, my very first, the, the the earliest one I can remember is the Halo Reach novel, uh, which okay. which was which is a fairly good example of supplemental content because it basically tells the story of the Master Chief right up until the beginning of the original Halo game. Mm-hmm. So, like, and Halo was a, it was a complete game all on its own. So you got a lot of context and background into who the Master Chief is and like what they're up to and and, and it completely contextualizes um like why people are doing what they're doing and all these other things um and i will say that it does make it does make one bit of the game make a lot more sense um and it basically it 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 makes the techno babble at the beginning of the original halo game into something legible okay oh yeah because they're kind of like spouting off a whole bunch of like oh do the this, this, and this. Yeah. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? Exactly, but it doesn't matter because you start the game and you're like, okay, shoot aliens, gotcha. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but but that that section of it, like like once you've read the Halo novels and once you have a, like a better background understanding, you you listen to that beginning section and you're like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Oh, they did a random jump because of this reason, and oh, they were originally in your reach because this is you know because then they needed to make a jump and. And then they randomly found the ring because this person kind of spotted it. And I was like, oh, okay, all of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, otherwise, the Halo games are not hard to understand. You can play through them pretty well. And Bungie did a good job of making sure you understood what the heck was going on. But I also do know that there was that, like, deep sense of lore that was kind of beneath the surface. And I remember oh, yeah. you, like, because, you know, we, we grew up in the same area. I remember you talking about the books and saying they were really good and, like, they were probably worth checking out. Yeah, I, I read, like, Halo Reach. I don't remember reading the rest of them, but um, it, I, I did, in fact, I I almost remember telling you. I think it's just because you told me I just said this. But, I yeah, they were good books. Um, th- well, they were good to me in high school. I don't know if they're good now, but, uh, well, yeah. See, it's interesting that, that like, because I do remember, like, I didn't really get into Halo much, but I do remember that... The, Re- the the reach books and all that did kind of you know were a really good example of supplemental content handled where well it's like it really did kind of add some greater context yeah. to the world but the main game itself didn't necessarily require you to know about it uh, yeah. let me ask how how do you think that changed because there is now a halo reach game um, like, halo do, do reach the okay so here's here's the fun bit um Halo Reach the novel doesn't cover the same material as Halo Reach the game. Oh, that's confusing. Halo... I was going to ask, like, to me, it would seem like, you know, you read the, the Halo Reach novel and it adds this great context to the game. And then I was going to ask, like, okay, but do I actually need to read the Halo Reach novel to get the Halo Reach game? And oh, you're no, saying not they're at all. still totally different? 
totally different. Um, so the Halo God Reach novel is about how the Master Chief got to Reach, which is a planet, um, which is um, the place that the Master Chief and that whole ship you were on was before the beginning of the original Halo game. Mm-hmm. Um, Halo Reach, the game, is about all the shit that happened on the planet Reach. Oh, okay. So, so like, it's it's almost utterly, like, they are almost completely disconnected from each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask this follow-up question then. So, you had read the book. Yeah. Do you think you got more out of the Halo Reach game when it finally became its own game than maybe somebody who hadn't read it? Or uh... No, because, again, the Halo Reach novel is about the history of the Master Chief. Oh, gotcha. And okay. So, I, uh, so there's, I guess I was mistaken. They're two totally... They're not just kind of different. They're two totally <laughs> different things. I, okay, I need to double check this because... Because it uh, sounds like some marketing magic. Like No, not the But I, I still feel like if they use the word... Like, as I know, Reach was an event in that universe. Yeah. And then there was, well, you know, some other planet. fluff around it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, it's, that- it's, sorry, I take it back. It is Halo The Fall of Reach. Um, I keep calling it Halo Reach, but... Um... Well, okay. So then, that that gets me to a small question that I have, um, and you might you might be able to tell I have a bias here. Um, do you like multimedia or external content from a game? Uh, do you think it's something that enhances something, enhances the games that you play, or do you think it's something that gets handled kind of poorly sometimes and maybe is used to kind of hold an audience hostage? I feel like. I, I have an opinion on this, and I'm saying I'm going to say like this straight up, right, right off the top. I think if handled well, supplemental content to do a great job of recontextualizing the game. That mm-hmm. said, if handled poorly, it turns into the like you need to see this material in order to understand what the bloody fuck is going on. Yeah, well, see, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I feel like it can be used as a band aid for mistakes made, and you can either. Like, maybe there was something that was clearly missing from a game. And, like, it's used to kind of fill in that gap. But does that does that mean that it was supposed to be there in the beginning? Or does that mean that it's kind of like a take two, you know? I, so what I feel like with supplemental content for, for a specific game, like a novelization or something, mm-hmm. um, if, if it's something that explains what the fuck was going on in the original game, that means that game fucked up somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah where, where it's like a recontext, or it's like it's a recap, not a recontextualization or a yeah, a world building kind of thing. So if it's if it if it showed you an element that wasn't introduced or wasn't given enough, given like any time in a game, and it's like, oh hey, did you know this element's just been behind the scenes the whole time? You mm. you're you're liable to say that game fucked up in trying to explain what the fuck this element was. It's so goddamn important. Yeah. So um, then. So then how do you feel about games like Overwatch, where there's a bunch of lore that you don't have unless you go online and look it up? Yeah, I actually, like, you know, I'll, I'll let me jump in real quick. So uh, I actually think Overwatch does a kind of, as great as I really like Overwatch, um, I think Overwatch to me would be kind of a poor example of how it does its lore stuff. Uh, mm. Because there's a lot of stuff, mm. like, I guess to me, I kind of wish like a lot of these cool like character facts and stuff like that were actually in the game where I could just find them instead of you know yeah every uh, there's now 
this is to, this isn't to say anything. Blizzard does a really good job with their videos and their comics and stuff, and they do have a lot of stuff out there to kind of give you uh, stuff to kind of help the game. It's just interesting that a lot of that stuff isn't explained in the game itself, and you kind of have to go out and look for it a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll roll this back a bit. Overwatch does is kind of interesting because it at least teases you about that kind of stuff because like characters will say different events. Uh, you know, like uh, Lucio and Symmetra might be talking to each other, and there, there's a, this interaction with each other, and you're like, "Oh, I wonder what, I wonder why they have that thing." And you go look it up, uh, but because Blizzard kind of rolls it out every once in a while, like more lore stuff, you may not find it yet. So that, yeah. that's kind of that's one thing. I mean, um, I uh, I actually quite like their like I like their comics, I like their movies. I I get a little teary eyed at the Last Bastion. I think it's really cute. Um, and I don't know how that would be explained in a game, right? Like, that's something to me where yeah. it's like, I don't know how else they would do what they're doing. Story mode. Um, without being incredibly expensive, right? Like, that's yeah. another thing is like, it's, it's cheaper to write a book than it is to make a video game. Yeah, I guess I'll take this back. It, it feels like a bad idea because to me, whenever oh. I think of all of the, like the lore stuff I've learned about Overwatch, none of it was in the game. All of it was outside, like, the, the yeah. sphere around it. Like, I don't yeah, feel like yeah. the game taught me anything about its characters beyond, like, the little quips. And those are pretty good, but I feel like well, I had to go you, out and look for it. It gave you the flavor of the characters really well. Yeah. Like, that's what Overwatch does really well with its characters, so, is it gives you the flavor. Um, I, I do want to say, though, uh, that Overwatch, at a certain point, is probably going to need a story mode of some kind. Just, like, individual missions with specific characters doing story-related things. Yeah. Um, that, that would be an amazing addition in terms of like adding, like in, including the flavor into the game. Mm. Just you know, I guess my example also kind of you know answers your your question of do I find multi meet like the supplemental content a cool way to like kind of engage with it? Um, I, I don't like it when it feels very obvious that they that it was cut out for like marketing reasons. I like mm. it when the the game on its own, and I guess this is our our kind of habit of we all we're all kind of friends and all kind of agree a little bit in the same of. I like it when a good story will tell you everything you need to know about its story and all of like you know a DLC mission or a comic book or an anything like that doesn't add new like recontextualizes or maybe adds new stuff that gives greater meaning elsewhere instead of feeling like wow that really like. This was completely unknown to me until this showed up. So mm. when we go into examples, I have some pretty startling, exa- like good examples of how it's been poorly done, uh, because I find that I remember those more because they're more jarring. Of like, damn, I had to go buy a damn book to figure out what the hell was going on in your damn game. Well, I mean, let's let's roll on over to uh, poor examples, and I just want to say I, I'm not being intentionally um, intentionally. De- I'm, I can't come up with the word for it. I feel like I'm. Causing conflict, but maybe that's just me. No, no, I mean, like, we're not trying to say these are bad games, but it was like, man, this would have been nice. Uh, mm. my, my big, my current example, uh, and Zach and Drew, can, I know I, I've talked to them a little bit about this, is uh, Final Fantasy XV and its Kingsglaive movie, where... Ooh, sing it, girl. Kingsglaive was a... a, a... <laughs> what, what, Zach? Can I not sing it? <laughs> no, not, not singing it. No, 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 no. I, I got that. I just... Drew, you... Have you seen this movie? 
I've seen clips, and I'm familiar with Final Fantasy's goofy shit. Uh, oh, I'm okay. a survivor of Advent Children. Yeah, a survivor of Advent Children? I watched that, that too. I didn't think I was a survivor of it. Oh, man. I, I, no joke. I... Okay, I guess I'll roll into a good example real quick. Advent Children, I think, is a good example because the game was done. It didn't need anything more. But then the movie showed up and was like, oh, yeah, it's more. The Even if it did lead to these, like, wait, now, okay, the movie happened, but what the fuck is going on? You left so many plot threads <laughs> just hanging around. Um, I, I, I disagree. I disagree just for the sake of I felt like it was intended for people who didn't play it. I felt like it was a movie that was I didn't know who it was for, right? Like It was for the, people who played it. Yeah, and maybe that's why I was incredibly confused the entire time through. But yeah. I remember wanting it to be really hype because it looked really pretty and there were all these really great AMVs on YouTube of like sad high school songs over, you know, cloud yeah. and whatnot. Uh, Actually, speaking speaking of supplemental content for Final Fantasy, there was also that other Final Fantasy movie. Oh, the Spirits Which Within. One? Spirits oh. Within. Well, is that, that that's not that supplemental? Like, no, that was them trying to see about making movies instead of games. Yeah, that's a, that's a treat in and of itself to watch. That's a <laughs> oh <real> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, so fucking bizarre. To kind of jump back to my example, uh, Kings like Fifteen is a game I've really enjoyed, and I've sang a lot of its praises about how much I like the characters. One thing that continually drives me crazy is that there is this uh, this movie called Kingsglaive that came out right before, and it is about the events that led up to the up to the destruction of the city of Insomnia, where Noctis and his crew are from. Uh, now, it, it really annoys me because I, you start the game off, and it starts with them going down the city and all that, and you know you kind of do this stuff, and at some point you reach uh, you reach an inn. And you stop, and then all of a sudden these really high-grade cutscenes start playing. And then it goes back to in-game stuff, and you're like, what the hell was all that? Well, it turns out that all of that stuff was scenes from Kingsglaive. And what it turns out Kingsglaive is, is Kingsglaive is describing what happens to the city. But I guess it was also originally part of the game. And there are things in that movie where it describes character motivations of the villains, uh... It g- describes some really big uh, revelations about the main characters, uh, the main characters you're playing as in the game, and their family. And there are certain plot elements that are just never explained in-game. And every time I've had a question of, why did this happen? It's been, oh, it was explained in Kingsglaive. This thing annoys the hell out of me, because why the hell wasn't it in the, f- why wasn't it in the game in the first place? Like, to your example of, do I want it all packaged in the game? I don't expect all of it, but I expect the, necess- the necessary pieces to get the game, and I feel like they took out the character motivation and are trying to get it get me to buy it as a separate movie. Uh, so that I can see why that would piss you off. That would that sounds very upsetting. Well, hey, hey, Adam. Huh? I have slight hey, small what? piece, small piece, something you can do about that. What? It what? What be, can I do? It might be slightly illegal. No, just, are you saying a lending you. link? I, I was going to talk about magnet links, but sure. <laughs> so I mean, yes, I watching a movie is not without my is you know within my ability to do. I have watched many movies. Hell, I watched The Great Wall once. You sure uh, did. <laughs> my point was more that to me, one of the failings of that game is that it has Final Fantasy fifteen particularly has an issue with. Uh, it's storytelling, and I feel like part of that is because 
you know, Kingsglaive, where, like I said, character motivations, uh, certain elements about the world, some of the world-building stuff that the game and all of its characters seem to take as very obvious is described in that movie. And it's just very weird that they made that decision to pull it out as opposed to leaving it in or maybe in a, in a condensed version. I would have been fine if there was like a really condensed version of it and then the movie was like, but here's all these other things that were happening around, you know, to recontextualize stuff or add on. Mm-hmm. Not, wait, but where did it all go? Kind of thing. I mean, I just think it's strange that I, I assume this is maybe like a like it's a significant way into the game. They just decide to plot dump with an overlong cutscene that they then sell to you, like that. I that seems like such a strange move to yeah, not yeah. package it with the game. Like I would be upset. I'm not upset that King's Glaive is a whole movie as opposed to like game content. I'm upset that it's sold separately. Well, if you want the deluxe edition, you got the movie. I did not. So fuck yeah, me, I guess. See, that's what I mean. That that to me feels like extortion. Like you'll you'll get to know what this game's truly about if you like buy if you pay a hundred dollars instead of sixty. Yeah, you know, like, or, or something I mean, weird like that. I haven't seen it, so maybe I'm overstating a bit. Uh, you know about what's in the movie, but I you know I've read a bunch of summaries, and every time I seem to have a question about like why is this happening, it's always oh it's because it's in Kingsglaive. So I do I do kind of want to sit down and watch it, but every time I think mm-hmm. about that, it's like. God, I really just kind of wish this were in the game because Adam. it would make more sense that it was there. Adam. Yes. Yes. Can we have a movie night and we watch King's Glade together? Yes. And we'll come up with new recipes all the time. Oh, my God. <gasps> new recipes. Sounds like the dream. Uh, so that's my – I have a couple more examples, but I guess we'll go around the, the table. Do you guys have any others or before um, I, just I Shanghai this entire thing? I don't have – I don't have I, – I haven't experienced this. But I hear the Sonic comics were really, really bad. I uh, I would almost not even count that. Like, oh really? So, well, just because I like, feel like that's I, it is definitely supplemental content. It's comics about Sonic. True, but I I don't think the games are ever like I don't think there's been a high enough quality Sonic game that's like forced you to look at like additional content to it. You know what I mean? Like. Like I've never been like, man, maybe maybe Amy's motivation for following after Sonic is like deeply rooted in something. I wish I read like a whole book that explained this weird thing happening. Like But I think I don't know. I think, so I guess does that make the Sonic comics good by our own definition then? Because it just Yeah, like that's a, that, that's a really good point. Like there's a lot of stuff around the Sonic games, like the Sonic show and the Sonic movies and whatnot. And they're supposed to be alright. Well, I, I guess know. I'd say this. Uh, with the exception of Sonic Boom, uh, I I was under the impression that every one of these, like, of the show or the comic, were all supposed to be their own separate thing or retellings. And I think by mm-hmm. our definition, you know, if it's just a retelling, oh, then of course it'll be that. Uh, Sonic so Boom, this... on the other hand, was like a show, was a game that came out to promote a show that was coming out. So, oh, oh I thought the can... show was there to promote the game. One of them Oops. was there to promote the other. I just know that. They're promoting each other. They're they're just holding each other up. I think we can firmly put that in the camp of poorly designed something or others. Um, I feel like this is, this is in the camp of why does Sonic reboot itself all the god dang time? Oh man, Zach, that's an episode. That's an episode right there. <laughs> well, um, uh, Adam, give us, give us another example then. Give us more oh, okay. of your... Uh, so I'll give you a good example of... Um, 
You know, because uh, some of the examples I have are, are annoying because those are the ones I, I run into. But one I actually really liked was uh, the Dead Space movies. And that was really? kind of odd. Uh, so Dead Space, for people who don't know, was a space sci-fi horror game where you're playing as Isaac Clarke and you're on the uh, on a spaceship that has been taken over by this uh, occult, a crazy alien virus, and all these crazy zombie necromorph things. And, you know, Dead Space 1 is one of the best, like, survival horror action games. Like, it's just so great. And Dead Space 2, its follow-up, is equally if not better than the first. And one of the really cool things I thought was that when it came out, they had these movies that were that came out uh, that really did act as in-between stuff. And they really helped flesh out some of the stuff that was going to happen into. So, hmm. you know, Dead Space 1 ends, and Isaac, uh, you know, spoiler, I guess, for this, like, almost 10-year-old game, uh, Isaac gets off the Ishimura and is... You know, picked up by these group, by this group of uh, by the space colony whose name I forget, and he's going crazy. And you know, while he's in confinement, there's this whole event that happens that sets up for Dead Space Two. And in Dead Space Two, they don't really talk about it because it's supposed to be about Isaac's story of what he's going through. The movie, however, is where it explains all of this stuff. And if you watch them, if you don't watch the movie. It doesn't matter. It's just, oh my god, that was really scary. That that happened. I can't believe it. If you had watched the movie, then when that same scare shows up, you might have been like, oh crap, that's that guy from the movie who was just there. Huh. And it was it was really neat to be like, oh, I recognize this zone. Wait a minute, I know there's something here. I'm gonna leave and come back later with more ammo. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah. But, you know... So it was good because it, it recontextualized everything for you. It, yeah. it made things fresher, if that's fair it's, to say. So it's, it's similar yeah. in the way... Okay, I... Do either of you guys know about original Nier, not Nier Automata? I know I know of the original, yeah. Okay, uh, like... You, when you play through the end of Nier, and then you restart the game, um, like, it recontextualizes the entire game. Like, there's something that happens in the game that, like... Like your new game plus. Um, on uh, near. Yeah, on near. Like original near. I, I believe what it is. This near is ridiculously old as well. Um, I believe what it is is uh, all of the shadows that you're fighting throughout the game mm. um, start talking. Oh, hold on. Is this like a big spoiler? Like we need to warn people to jump ahead or something? I just spoiled it. Oh well. So, there it is. I was too late. It's it is a super old game. I'm fine with it, and it's not that big of a deal. It's basically like these monsters you were fighting. Um, you you didn't know what they were saying before, and then you beat the game and you start playing it again, and then you can hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And so it recontextualizes a lot of the uh, things you did in that game and oh, while you're doing it. That's so, cool. So it's a recontextualization in that in that in that exact same sort of way. It seems. Uh, Dead Space got recontextualized by the movie because yeah. the, the movie added more information to to what was erstwhile just the normal section of the game. Yeah, hmm. and, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying, to, you know, the, a lot of the examples I have have always been like, here's a game that I then had to go find like this extra movie or extra book. But I'm trying to think of like a DLC mission or add-on. Uh, I have one, and it's my kind of penultimate example of don't do this. 
What is it? So I'm it? trying to think of a, a better example of that. Okay. Uh, so my, my the example I was going to go for is, did either of you guys play uh, a game called Asura's Wrath? No, but I remember you telling me about no. the terrible thing they did. Yes, the terrible oh. thing they did. <laughs> so, Zach, let me, let me break this down for you. Because uh, I guess I've told Drew this. Asura's Wrath is essentially a playable anime. You're playing as the god Asura, uh, and you know, you're all crazy and angry and you're out for revenge. And you play through what is arguably a really cool game. It's like, you know, it's got mysticism stuff in it, it's got weird robotic cybernetic stuff in it. Uh, there's like, it's both past and future stuff kind of merging together. Uh, you know, it, it's just this really neat thing. The end of the game, however, you, you finally go and fight the big bad and you get your revenge and the final cutscene is playing and out of nowhere this guy says ah Asura you know you thought you would beat me but it is I and then they're like no not you and the game ends and it says oh okay if you want the true ending you gotta beat the game with all A rank mission clears yeah uh, now, now that's, that. a little, that's a little annoying but I already had most A rank so it didn't really matter to me so I did it and I unlock the true chapter 18. And uh, I one portion I forgot to mention is that when I played it, I played it with my buddy Josh. And we would, like, I'd be playing and he'd be watching it with me. And we were just watching it like an anime. So we're like, oh my god, I can't wait to see the actual ending. And we're playing chapter 18, true ending or something, yeah? Mm-hmm. It is the exact same chapter 18, except with five seconds of additional footage at the end. What? No! Where, where no. It turns out it's... Uh, and they're like, oh my god, it's you. And it's like, yes, it's I. And the camera turns, and there's this little spider guy that helped you at one point in the game who is now, who's now got your daughter in his clutches. And then the game ends, and it's like, wait, I, I played, I beat your game and got a true ending, only to be, like, teased with, oh, no, there's more. And so I thought, and so I thought, that's, that's the worst. That's terrible. I can't wait for Asura's Wrath 2. Because it's definitely happening. Zach, here's what happened. There never oh. was an Asura's Wrath 2. Instead, there is a bunch of DLC missions that you have to buy that will get you the true ending of the game. Oh, disgusting. no. Like, disgusting. Oh, that is, like I 19 can't. and 20 and 21, I think you have to buy. It's like, oh my god. I'm that so is straight mad. up extortion. That is. I'm so mad. I they never did not that. sell you a complete game. Yeah. They sold your pieces. They sold your little wet chunks. They sold you most of the game, and then you were like, hey, but you gotta pay for the rest of it in individual yeah. chunks. Just curious, how much How much did the DLC cost in order to well, have I, the full I'm, experience? I'm checking that right now, because every once in a while I go back and like, do I wanna do I wanna buy it and just get in, get in on there? But I'm also like, oh, I'm really upset that they did that. Like, this is really exactly what happened with me in, uh, craziness uh and like the dlc for mass effect 2 actually oh i'm so oh. okay hold on this is this is some other current these are not oh, you're dollars. talking about arrival is... what no i did not actually play arrival i unlocked the 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 extra npcs you could get uh-huh because frankly well one was free zaid and mass effect 2 was free um but because well, I, mean, I thought you're talking about the ending because like no. arrival kind of sets up three Oh, no, 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 I'm talking about Mass Effect 2. Okay. Yeah, so so in Mass Effect 2, 
I, I got one guy for free. His name was Zaid. And he was just sort of gruff mercenary dude. Did not have a lot of personality. But the cooler character was uh, Kasumi, who was this little thief. And hmm. you helped her on a mission, and then she joined you. And I was just like, she's the coolest member of the party now. She has surpassed Tally in terms of cool people on my fucking Whoa. boat. Whoa, let's dial that back. We're not going to heresy. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I actually really liked uh, the two DLC missions for uh, Kasumi. I don't even remember Zaid's mission, so that'll tell you something. Yeah, see, this is what it I mean. It was very, very easy to forget. Uh, yeah. So, the Asura's Wrath thing, it's come mm-hmm. down in price, so maybe it's sitting at seven bucks, and it's like the last four episodes... I just wouldn't. I just. Yeah. I would. I would spit on it. I. I want to because I want to see what happens, but I'm also like, I. I don't want to. You like, spit on it. Out. Spit on it, Adam. Adam, you have other games to play. You have Mass Effect Three waiting for you to get down into Chanka. You know, Mass Effect Three actually had a really weird uh, supplemental like DLC. Content oh right. Oh yeah. And I wasn't oh, sure yeah. if it was good or bad. I heard about I this. No, no, no. One, one of the characters... Okay, one of the plot pivotal freaking characters that you can get in the game is cut off as DLC. Yeah. Like, sure is. Was, like, that was and, bad. And the thing is, like, I've... I didn't buy the character. I played through the main campaign, all of it. And I looked at what he adds. He... He's someone who can legitimately be cut from the game, and it never feels like where'd this guy come from? But he adds so much by being there. Like, mm. there's the Zaid example where, like, he basically doesn't need to be in your game. Yeah. This guy is, like, he's really, again, doesn't affect the main plot, but is, like, a very intriguing and interesting extra bit. And the fact that he was kind of held off, I feel like that was a decision that was made by someone really terrible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So would you say that was a bad decision? Like, I guess, would that be a good example? Because I guess I'm kind of confused because it's a bad example because it feels like, wow, he adds a lot by not being there. But it's also like, does him not being there really like pull away from it? Like, he, you almost feel like he has to have been there to get... No, no, no. See, that's the thing. Like, when I played through it, didn't matter to me that he wasn't there. Like, if I didn't know he existed, I wouldn't have noticed. It wouldn't have been like, huh, something seems like it's missing. It's just... His story, it, it almost feels like it's a good thing, right? Like, it almost feels like this would be a good bit of additional content. Um, I, I think it's just it's a case where, where the character added to the game provides such a massive wealth of, of content, con- context and content that you're like, mm-hmm. it feels like this guy should have been part of the main game. He, yeah. he wasn't necessary. I get that. But it feels like this character should have been part of the main game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, like yeah, it's 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 kind of like if you cut all the side plots, like if you cut all the side quests out of an RPG, it it's okay, okay. The side plots aren't necessary to that RPG. Not some some of them are, but but just go with me here. Um, it's like, but it feels like you know, like now that this has been added in. Are you sure you couldn't have launched with this? I mean, I think they could have. I think it was a decision intentionally made to sell more copies of the game early because he was like a DLC character. He was like a pre-order yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, because I think he was like day one DLC. Yeah, and, it was. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, literally. Uh, All right, um, we're we're getting a bit long in the tooth here. Oh um, no, my teeth—they're right. too long. So, is it time for the lightning round? Lightning round, gentlemen. Um, any final poorly handled supplemental contents you want to talk about, and any wonderful ones you just need to get off your chest. Uh, um, uh, so, Destiny, Destiny, you have a really interesting story. I'm not going to goddamn Bungie.com to read it. Oh, right, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm not oh, going Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> mm, I see. Uh, Zach, any lightning from you? Uh, I don't really have a lightning thing, but I do have a question. Um, What's your question? Does a Wikipedia page about a video game, like, not not the Wikipedia, but, like, like a wiki about a game, does that kind of supplemental content? I would say it is supplemental, but it also feels like it would be a lot... Like, is it official, or is it, like, fan-made? Fan-made. I would say no, because you get all of that from the main game itself. Like, Bloodborne... You, you buy Bloodborne, you're good on Bloodborne. Yeah, but there's a whole slew of lore you need to... F- you can discuss and figure out amongst yourselves as a community. Yeah, no, I've seen the essays. Okay, so good point. Thank you. Um, that was my question, and I am done with my end of the lightning round. Drew... Lightning round. I have one bad example and one good example, because why not? Okay, my bad example goes to a game that I have mixed feelings about called DMC Devil May Cry. There's a character called Virgil in that game. Um, He is a... Sorry, say again? Isn't Virgil in all of those games? No, technically not. Anyway, um, he is pairing up with a character named Cat. And you never really know what their deal is, why they're just kind of hanging out. And it's hinted at and alluded to, and it turns out that's all kind of explained in a supplemental comic you're supposed to maybe buy. And I feel like that's kind of terrible. Like, I I felt like playing through, there was something kind of missing with their relationship. And I don't think the band-aid, it feels like a band-aid that they made something else somewhere to try and explain it away. That's my kind of poor example, because for me, it's something that like, while I'm playing, seems like something's missing. Um, and I guess you could argue maybe it was missing and they ran out of time, but for the sake of I bought this full thing, I kind of wish that they had explored this right here and then and there and now. Now, as far as a good example, I want to throw some love out to Team Fortress, because I think the way the way they handle, you know, their goofy lore and their videos and, like, explaining who these mercenaries are was really brilliant and smart. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I loved waiting for the videos to come out. I remember Meet the Pyro, Meet the Heavy. And there's a whole... You don't need to read it, but there's a whole storyline going on that ties everything together with these updates. And it's all goofy enough that, like, the fact that it's nonsensical and not there is totally fine. And that is my good example, and I'm good. Does anyone else hear a muffly noise? Um, no. no. Okay, then I'm crazy. It's fine. We'll talk. We'll discuss that muffly noise in a supplemental comic that you can read to this podcast. Ah, uh, I love it. Okay, so let's have Lesson of the Day. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the Lesson of the Day. Today's lesson is... The first dish is always the best dish. And that's the Lesson of the Day, everybody. Well, thank you, Zach. Yeah, no problem. Damn, I'm so Zach. glad... That you gave us that wonderful information. That's good. Now I know. Thank you for listening, listeners. I hope you had a lovely time hearing us talk about stuff. Um, if you want to give us questions, concerns, 
you know, shout outs, maybe some weird fan art. I don't know. Um, you can send anything to us at teamnitwick.com or sorry, teamnitwick at gmail.com. I messed it up there. I messed it up. You might want to spell nitwick. Right. So that's team and then N-I-T W-I-C at gmail.com. And that's all yeah. I got. Yay! Alright, thanks everybody. Goodbye! Later. Bye everyone! Peace be with you. And also with you.